Hey, so how's it going? Well, um, I'm sitting here. It's 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday, and I'm not used to seeing you during the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just thinking that. Um, I think I look more exhausted than I usually do. So, I look all put together because I'm going to lunch right after this. So <laughs> I'm jealous. I am going to use our break. So a peek behind the curtains for you uh, Lifetime Sentence fans. Um, Aaron and I are recording multiple episodes in the next few days. And mm -hmm. so um, in our break between recordings today, I actually am getting ready for a market that I'm setting up at tomorrow. So I am not off today. I'm working straight through, but you are enjoying the spoils of a day off and I'm happy for you. Well, I'm still working. So, <laughs> I mean, on the podcast, not on like actual right. work stuff. But yeah, I am going to go eat lunch. And, you know, it's funny. You sent us a message earlier about how you got like four and a half hours of sleep and you feel like you're going to die. And I got five hours of sleep and I feel like a brand new woman. So that's so funny. <laughs> so here we are. It's just so weird to be like hanging out in the morning with iced coffee instead of, you know, in the evenings with wine. <laughs> right. See, and I, I should have just defaulted to alcohol because ice water is not cutting it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for the afternoon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> However, I will say, since I started with a downer, um, I will say uh, everybody needs to head on over to my social media uh, for my soap company, Epilogue Soaps. Look at uh, Instagram because by the time this episode goes live, you will see my new packaging that I was working on all day yesterday. It looks fucking fantastic if I say so myself. And I'm very proud of, even if it did take all day, of my redesign on all my packaging. Nice. Like, I, I have seen it. Um, it is it looks so freaking good. Um, I love it. I want to order something just so I can get something in one of those little like envelopes that you have. They're so pretty. So everyone go and order soap. Keep soap and I am. And it smells really uh, good. Next week I will be launching clay masks that are wonderful. Ooh. I've been working on those behind the scenes. Um, and I know Aaron loves my sugar scrubs, so those will be restocked. Yeah, that tomorrow. is literally my favorite thing. Oh, you're restocking it tomorrow? Good. I'm going to put in an order for like yeah. 10. So I need Good. I need you to start <laughs> making just an industrial size jar to just like just for me and I'll just buy that. Uh, Perfect. Because yeah. <laughs> so do you want to hear about a crazy movie? Not yet because no one knows who we are. Oh, it's true. I mean, we were. This is only our like a hundred and what fiftieth episode. Twenty first. A hundred and twenty one episode. Holy shit, Aaron! You don't know who That's we are. That's a lot. That this really is, is a lifetime lot. sentence, and I'm Paul in the daytime, and I'm Aaron in the daytime. This feels like a morning show now. I'm Paul in the morning. I'm Aaron. Let's talk about your hot celebrity goss. Number 10. Um, this morning, Demi Lovato revealed. No. Um, the only hot celebrity <laughs> goss I've read this morning is not even celebrity goss. It's about the Southern Baptist Convention and how they are just like, just totally fucked right now. So, okay. So, I, I have a, so, you know, I'm in a foster support group that I talk with all the time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. One of the women who's in there is a um, children's minister, and she was actually at the Southern Baptist Convention 
um, during all of that. And so I was getting like live updates through everything. Um, it's a hot mess. And first of all, I am pleasantly surprised at the man who won the like president of the Southern Baptist convention. Yeah. I did not see that coming. I thought they were going to go with the uh, Il Duce stick up his ass, who was the <laughs> like front run- runner to win, who has been the ultra conservative along the way. The fact yeah. that they went with a man who has been pretty open and it, talking mm-hmm. about race relations and yeah. fighting for racial equality in the way that he has, which is still not, still not, not the even level close. That needs to be at, <laughs> but more than I can say for many Southern Baptists, it mm-hmm. was incredible. Um, it's very interesting. The, I I kind of see them maybe going the way of the Republican Party and having a big split here, not very far in the future i yes i can feel that um my biggest concern and and sarah and i were talking about this and i know that a lot of our the majority of our listeners i feel probably are not religious um it is not often that the true crime circle on the venn diagram and the religion circle on the venn diagram overlap um And so I know that this is not as interesting to as many as it is to me, but my biggest concern is that um, when they voted to pass some, some, uh, I forget what they call them, but basically it's doctrinal decisions at the Southern Baptist Convention this week. Um, They had to address critical race theory and they basically voted to just not address it at all. So they, that is very concerning and disappointing to me. Um, A very don't ask, don't tell of you. Exactly. I hate Um, it. Yes. And so that is where, and I think that I have said before on here, but if not, I do attend a Baptist church, but I never really considered myself Baptist. I grew up going, I did not grow up in church at all. But when I started going to church, I went to a Methodist church, which has always mm-hmm. been much more liberal than the Baptist church. Um, but when Sarah and I got married, she was attending a Baptist church that she loved. And so that is the church that I kind of jumped into and... um I have always considered myself Methodist and lately um, I don't really align with any denomination super well, but um, I like the church that I'm currently at, but yeah, the Southern Baptist convention has been Southern Baptist convention. I'm very good at words. I I feel like that that's how they say it now. Um, (laughs) You know, it's funny. I grew up in a fairly liberal Southern Baptist church, which um, if you think that that means it was like, uh liberal you're wrong um, it just wasn't does that mean that you had a female children's minister we did have a female children's minister <laughs> but we were not allowed to dance on the no like, bon- people that got married no, we're not allowed to not. dance like on church property anyways anyways and now i don't go to church anymore the end uh, <laughs> so let's talk instead about a madam like, yes, well, I mean, we'll just roll right into the mat. I mean, I feel like that the two go hand in hand, even though the SBC doesn't want to recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it's just a natural segue. And yeah. <laughs> this week, I watched Soccer Mom Madam. It stars Jana Kramer. 
Okay. Who I just I recognize adore. this name. Mm-hmm. She, hold on. I have to place, it's college in my, like I have her categorized as college in my head. So this uh-huh. is OC or One Tree Hill. Which one? One Tree Hill. Yes. I got one. One Tree Hill. She's also a country singer. Okay. And she was also in Friday Night Lights. Okay. And lately she's been um, a Lifetime movie, a Lifetime Christmas movie darling. So she is in A Welcome Home Christmas, which was last year, which I actually oh, really I liked. I that one. I love that good one. Good one. And Christmas in Louisiana, which was also a good that one. one. It was not really Louisiana at all, but they tried. <laughs> a Welcome Home Christmas is the one where I was like, I don't care about the couple or no, it was the one where I was like, I don't care that the little girl got reunited with her parents. I want the dog to come back to the soldier. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I cried during that movie. It was really good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it also stars Leah Gibson. She plays Letty. Um, she was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Watchmen. She was in Twilight and Los Solis. I feel like I did not mean to write that because I don't remember writing that, but okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so then, she's been in projects that I'm familiar with. I don't yeah. know that name, but. Um, and we finally have Maddie. I'm going to, I think it's Finocchio, which just sounds too much like Pinocchio. So I'm sure that's wrong. And I'm so sorry, Maddie. Um, he plays Arthur. Um, he was in Freaks, Louder Milk, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And he's been in Riverdale. Oh. I've watched Chilling Adventures. Okay, so he's a crossover character. Yes. What's his name? Maddie Finocchio. Finocchio, okay. Oh, I recognize him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, We open in New York City. Jana Kramer is walking around in a fur coat, like you do. But there are secret FBI agents everywhere, and they're following her. She starts running as fast as her high heels can take her, but she's cut off by a van. And oh shit, are these kidnappers? They just snatch her off the street. And I didn't think the FBI could do that. <laughs> Listen, they can do whatever they want. As we have seen, if you're in law enforcement, you can, you just have the power to grant yourself the power. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, so we rewind and Jana tells her, tells us all about her amazing dream. Like I just call her Jana, even though her name in this movie is Anna because she's Jana Kramer. So, Oh, also just as an aside, if you watch dancing with the stars, she was on dancing with the stars a few years ago and she did a dance to a Selena Gomez song that is to date. My favorite dance that's ever been on that show. I love her. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She really good with. Ooh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. You can keep talking and I can look it up. Okay. So, so we rewind and Jana tells us all about her amazing dream life. She's a widow, but she met a guy named Kyle who proposed to her. She was with However, Gleb. She, yes. She seems less than enthused by his text messages, so that doesn't seem to be going very well. Um... She reads her kid a, kids a bedtime story and puts them to bed. Kyle arrives home and they fight about how late he is. Later, Jan is doing laundry and finds another woman's phone number in his pocket. Do better. So later she comes home with her kids from the grocery store and catches him in bed with another woman. 
Great. Kyle swears Great. he can do better, but his name is Kyle and he's stupid. So she's like, get the fuck out. So Jenna says she should have known better because there's no such thing as happily ever after. Um, so they go to her cousin's apartment to stay because I guess they were living in Kyle's house. Um, okay. Jenna tries to find a job, but her resume is light since she's been, you know, raising children, which is real work, people. I, she tries to expound sure? upon her. Yes. Positive. She tries to expound upon her skills, but the guy just doesn't listen to her because he sucks. Um, her cousin Letty offers to let Jana co- come work for her, but Jana's like, no way, that's illegal. And she says she'll figure something out. Um, so instead, her cousin's like, why don't you just come and work the front desk? And you'll be my eyes and ears. If you have not figured out yet, her cousin runs an illegal massage place where you oh. get more than a massage. Yes. Where you get a happy ending or two. Yes. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. I just, I just uh, recently, as you know, watched the end of uh, Shit's Creek. And mm-hmm. there's a whole exchange about the happy ending massage. Um, that I laughed so hard. Like I had to pause the show cause I couldn't watch, like I couldn't understand what they were saying. I was laughing so hard during that exchange. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so Letty gives Jana a pep talk and tells her to think it over. And I'm guessing by the title of this movie, soccer mom, madam, that she's going to take the job. So <laughs> She thinks um, it over. Sure enough. She goes to work at the massage parlor there's a man who works there too. His name is Arthur and he's a accountant and lawyer, but I'm guessing they mean accountant in the traditional sense and not the TikTok sense. Right. Because she becomes an accountant also, it sounds. Yeah. But like the king of all accountants, queen of yeah, all accountants. She's, the, she's like, she's like the CEO of all the accountants yeah. that work for her. Right. Um, Jana meets the other girls who all seem super sweet and nice. So she starts making friends and she actually likes working at the front desk there. She upgrades all their systems and get the pla- gets the place running like a well-oiled machine. She takes care of everyone and makes birthday cakes too. Um, they're still staying at her cousin's house and the kids are like, how long do we have to stay here? We're sleeping on a fold out couch. We kind of hate that. And she's like, look, I'm saving money. And as soon as I have enough saved up, we're going to move. Um, she shows Arthur and Letty a better plan to make more money by opening on Sundays uh, for a short time, but Letty isn't into it and totally blows her off. And Arthur's like, don't worry, I'll talk to her. Yeah. She and one of the girls see one of the old, like, workers out and going into a fancy hotel with a man. And Tina, the other girl that she's with, tells Jana about how the other girl is now, like, a super high-priced escort is making a ton of money one day at the parlor some crazy dude comes in with a gun screaming about his girlfriend being with another dude and Jana totally moms the shit out of him she's like shame on you i heard you were smart what the hell is wrong with you that she asked me (laughs) and then she even threatens to count to three She's like, give me that gun. Don't make me count to three. 
I love that she is just a mom. Like her resume just has one bullet point. It's like related uh, experiences just says like mom. And that's the whole resume. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thankfully, Arthur comes out and tackles the guy. Letty blames Jana for the whole thing. And so Jana tells her to go fuck herself and tells her to get her shit together. Arthur's on Jana's side, but he's also a giant pussy. So he leaves her there to fight his battle for him. So Letty fires Jana too. She and Tina go to the park to talk about what to do now. And they decide to open their own business. Jana calls Arthur who agrees to help her with a loan. Tina comes to work for her and so do a bunch of Tina's friends. So Jana hires a bunch of super hot ladies and they go um, and passes out her, they pass out her card to local valet drivers to like pass along to their clients. They do makeovers and I meant chauffeur, not valet. I knew I was looking for a different word last night and I could not come up with it. It was late. They do makeovers on everyone because who doesn't love a good makeover montage? And they all go out on the town to meet people at high profile events. Jana has her eyes set on billionaires, not normal men. And it works, kind of. They get noticed when they're out on the town, but the phone still isn't ringing. One night, though, she gets a call from a billionaire she met at an event and, quote, gets him in. She talks about how Studio 4 used to do business back in the day. So she tells the billionaire, no. So he wants to meet one of the girls. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. She's completely booked. She can't meet with you. Like, try back later. Right. I love it. Mm-hmm. But of Add course, this only makes make him... sound important. This only right. makes and him And you take somebody's more. power away. So he completely falls right into the trap. Um, this man, his name is Edward, and his net worth is $376 million. Oh, that's it? Jump that's change. So much money. <laughs> that was my net worth um, the day I was born. I've only been improving <laughs> since. Yeah. <laughs> you had your stocks in the right place at birth. Yes. Um, and just like that, they're in the money, and everyone wants them. We get a cute little dominatrix montage. And then six months later, Jana and the kids get a new house and a pet pig. Everyone's happy. Or are they? One night, Jana's unpacking when there's a knock at her at her door. It's her cousin, Letty, with a bottle of wine wanting to mend fences. She tells Jana she had to shut down because she thought the cops were onto her. And so Jana offers her a job. And so life goes on and we fast forward five years. The kids are thriving and so and so is Janet and her business. She even opens a nail salon like as a front. Like so she's not just completely laundering money. <laughs> okay. She drives a Lexus and even almost runs over a Chris Evans lookalike in the school parking lot. Love it. After dropping the kids off, they go to fulfill the fantasy of a billionaire who dreams of being kidnapped by two hot girls in lingerie. So billionaires are fucking weird. Rich people are weird. Um, Oh yeah. We'll talk about it. I have some things in here. Yeah. She even makes it to the soccer game just in time to see her son score a goal. Um, Later she takes Victoria, the first girl she ever hired. Um, She's the, the girl that got the first job. Um, right. or the, the, uh, the guy and um, she buys her like a diamond 
bracelet because it's her five-year anniversary. While they're there, Jana also picks up a waitress to maybe work for her. At first, she says no, but Jana convinces her to capitalize on being young and hot because you're not young and hot forever. Um, As she's leaving the restaurant, she meets a woman named Simone who tells her that if she ever wants to expand into the European market to give her a call. Um, Back at work, Jana's business growth is flat and she is big mad about it. She floats talking to Simone and both Arthur and Letty tell her could cost her real prison time if she got caught. But she just launches into how she's going to have to pay for college. And boy, do I feel that right now. Right. They're all talking, but they don't see that around the corner, her daughter is listening to them. Oh, no. Later, her daughter goes snooping and finds a bunch of cash in her mom's closet. Um, now there are two girls making out, so that's a thing that's happening. It's a lingerie party. Everyone's dancing. Yay! Um, Janet takes her business online and does glamour shots for everyone. She hires the waitress, whose name is Cassidy, and Victoria gets, like, big jealous about it. Janet meets the Chris Evans lookalike again, who looks less like Chris Evans up close, um, but he's still cute, and Janet gives him her card. Jana's daughter falls off a horse and sprains her ankle, and a bunch of people keep canceling on Vicky because Vicky, who's mad about Jana bringing on a new girl, has decided to go rogue and like bring in her own clients, basically. Oh, I see. Okay. Um. So Jana gets fucking pissed and decides to make a point out of it. So she goes to Vicky's condo and like fucks up some shit. She takes the $16,000 that Vicky owes her and leaves. Um, Back at home, Jana's daughter approaches Letty and asks her all about the cash her mom always has lying around. (laughs) And Letty assures her that everything's fine. Jana meets Vicky in a restaurant and confronts her about stealing business. Vicky tries to explain, but Jana kicks her out, complete with two goons that I've never seen before, but are just now here to escort her off the premises. They drive her out to the middle of nowhere and put a gun to her head and tell her to get on a plane and never come back or there will be a problem. And I was like, that went from zero to a hundred real quick. You with me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, so back Sorry, to the my phone was blowing up and then it wasn't anything important. Like... I kept okay. waiting for the punchline of why my friends were blowing up my phone at I, what I felt like was ridiculously early. And then I remember it's only, it's 1030. Like that's a normal time for a group chat to be going. Um, back at the restaurant, Jana meets with Simone and they strike a deal um, for like, like for people traveling to Europe and then Simone's people that travel from Europe to the U S. So Jana starts okay. dating, not Chris Evans, who is an architect. Um, she okay. also starts getting weird, random dropped calls and her daughter starts questioning her more about what she's doing to make all this money. So things are not going great. Um, I don't see how, I don't see how this could go wrong at all. Janet throws her daughter a like super incredible sweet 16 party, but of course her daughter's a real bitch about it. Like all 16 year old kids are, um, Letty tells Jana that she has to tell her daughter what she's doing. 
Meanwhile, Janet gets a call and has to dip out of the party to handle a situation where her resident dominatrix has a man who doesn't want to pay. He's literally wrapped in cellophane in a chair, though, so I'm not sure why her intervention was needed. I I mean, it sounds like it's a good time had by all. Yeah. Um, when she gets home, a dark car squeals out from across the street and Jana's daughter is waiting for her. They get into a fight and Jana sends her to bed. The next day, Arthur, Letty, and Jana talk about the drop calls and talk about how maybe it's time to get out of the business. They all think it's time, but Jana says no. Um, so she takes her daughter out like to lunch and I thought she was going to confess that she had a, um, that like what she was doing. But no, she just tells, she's like, what if I told you that I have a boyfriend? (laughs) And later that night, she gets another drop call. What year is this? And why does she have a flip phone? I'm like really confused. Um, Letty finds out that Vicky is the one poaching. Well, I guess she was arrested in 2012, but they were telling her for five years. So this could be as early as 2007, at which point flip phones were actually still a thing. I feel like in 07, I had a Blackberry, but. Well, you might have, but like the razors were still a thing in 07. She's a grown woman running a escort business. Get a Blackberry, invest. God. Or a sidekick. Man, if you had that kind of money, get you a sidekick. I would I would drop everything if T-Mobile brought back the sidekick right now. I would change my service. I thought they were the coolest damn phones. I'm salty you can't over see my face right now, people. Anyways, so Letty finds out that Vicky... So someone's been poaching Jana's girls um, away from her. And Letty finds out that it's Vicky. And Jana's like, I'm going to take care of this. And Letty tells her again, like, we've got to get out of this business. Um, later that night, Jana is, like, on edge. And a car speeds into the driveway. So Jana naturally charges outside with a baseball bat. But don't worry. It's just her drunk daughter coming home from a party. <laughs> um, they get in another fight and about what Jana does. And they play 20 questions. Her daughter thinks she's a drug dealer, so Jana confesses the truth. And her daughter cries and runs upstairs. And honey, no offense, but there are a lot worse things you can find out that your parents do for a living than what your mom is doing. <laughs> right? Jana winds up telling I don't know. Also, though, like, if I were Jana, I probably would have just come up with an increasingly crazier story every time I talk to my daughter. For the next four years. Like, listen, I know you thought I was a drug dealer. But actually, I'm now the the new leader of the Gaudies. And then, like, a few months passed me. Like, listen, I know I told you that I was the head of the Gaudies, but that was a lie. Um, I'm actually Bill Clinton with a mask on. I've been lying <laughs> to you this whole time. And then just take it a step further every time so that she never knows what's coming. Um, so the next day, Jana winds up telling her the entire story and her daughter all of a sudden thinks that it's cool. So they hug it out. Okay. Jana assures, 
assures her that she'll never get caught, which are famous last words. And she promises her that she'll look into getting out of the business if her daughter starts riding horses again. Because she hasn't ridden a horse since she fell off that one time. Back on the business side of things, Jana starts fucking with Vicky again. And since it went so well the first time, um, I'm assuming it's going to go just as well. But Vicky does get, like, terrified and quits the business. Um, one day, Jana drives by a huge plot of land and decides to buy it so she can go legit. Um, while Jana is, a, is at a soccer game selling raffle tickets, what does that one of mean? her girls. Like she wants to build an, an actual illegal brothel? No, like, I think she's going to like get into commercial real estate. Oh, like, okay. have, yeah. I'm I thought she sure, was going to be like a legit like site for all this to happen. And I'm like, girl, like you are, you are mm-hmm. really pushing it now. Okay. No. Um, so Jana is selling raffle tickets at a soccer game because she's the soccer mom, madam, right? And right. one of her girls, Cassidy, gets assaulted. Jana is pissed and she goes to meet Letty and Arthur and Cassidy, who has been just beaten to hell. Jana assures Cassidy that even though they can't go to the cops, this will never happen again. Um. During this argument, Letty quits slash gets fired, depending on who you ask. Um, and Jana I mean, sends her random... isn't that true for everybody? That's how I would yeah. spin any story. And Jana sends her random goons to go, like, um, destroy all this guy's shit and beat the shit out of him. So, um, Jana buys the land and decides to go legit and become a real estate developer. That's what she's going to do. Okay. She also tries to come clean to not Chris Evans, but she can't quite do it. She asks Cassidy to take over the business, who says she needs to think about it. And one day at horseback riding, Cassidy calls and accepts her offer. So that's it. Like, she's officially out of the business. She is dating not Chris Evans. Her son wins MVP of the soccer team. And Jana wins an award for selling the most raffle tickets. And everything is rosy and perfect. Because I do remember watching her get maybe kidnapped and maybe arrested at the beginning of this movie. So maybe not. That was probably just a nightmare. <laughs> she's hanging out with Arthur one day and he tries to talk to her about the business but she's like nope she's like I don't want to talk about this suddenly her daughter calls her into the other room because the stock market has crashed it's 2008 and all of her assets are tied up so when just when she thought she was out they pull her back in and she's back to square one at least she had something to fall back on so she gets back in the business. It's a good sturdy fallback plan. Mm-hmm. And starts hiring new girls to start again. But this time it doesn't go so well. And Jana is in big trouble. She assures her daughter that everything is going to be fine, though. Her boyfriend sees her looking at a website with girls and tells her that she's better than that. And she loses her shit. She's like, well, not all of us grew up in a nice house with a nice family. Some of us left home at 15. Some of us have real problems. We're not architects. God, Chris Evans. He's like whispering into his hands. Like, what did I say? <laughs> like, he's really trying to like sound out what he said to figure out what the fuck he said wrong. <laughs> um. So Jana pitches an online dating site to some investors and Arthur assures her that everything's going to be fine. He looks like a hot mess though. So I'm not so sure. The next morning, Jana wakes up and voiceovers that she knew something was wrong. 
She hugs her kids goodbye and goes off to the bank to sign the paperwork for the dating site, but nobody shows up at the bank, not even Arthur. And I was rooting for you, Arthur. Um, and we get we the opening scene again. We are all rooting for you. We get the opening That's scene again. That's my favorite Tyra moment. Oh, same. Janet gets kidnapped or arrested or both. Um, they handcuff and blindfold her, but she does get in one good kick to the girl's face, which I'm sorry, but if you throw me in the back of a van, I don't care who the fuck you are. I'm going to kick you in the face. Oh, absolutely. Um, turns out they're the FBI and she breathes a huge sigh of relief and asks for her lawyer. Um, but her lawyer is Arthur who has turned on her. Which is not cool, bro. They say they just have a few questions about some of her clients. She claims not to know any of them, though, because snitches get stitches. And so they take her to Rikers, where she calls Letty and tells her to take care of the kids. Meanwhile, the FBI raids her house with guns drawn, which feels unnecessary because she's already in jail. But what do I know? Right. Um, the, F the FBI seizes all of her money, so she can't make bond. Janice swears she won't ruin anyone else's life and does a ton of squats in her jail cell for five months before she's offered a plea deal. She gets time served and is relief, released, but her daughter is pissed and she has absolutely no money, nothing. Um, they get into another fight and her daughter is like, you ruined my life and I'm going to live with Aunt Letty. Bye. Um, and she's like, I'm never speaking to you ever again. And she leaves. So Jana has a breakdown and just gets in her car and drives until she arrives at a pig rescue farm, like you do, where she spends the next 14 months working. That's where she I would go, her, honestly. She calls her daughter every day, and finally one day she answers but doesn't speak. Jana says she loves her and is super proud of her, and she can call any time of the day or night, and she will pick up. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. Wow. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so before I get into my notes, I have a couple things to say. Mm. First of all, as I've already lamented to you, there is not a single news story that is like a comprehensive start to finish of this because yeah. this was such a salacious story as it developed that every news story is like, four lines of what was happening at the time. And so I think I pieced together 250 tiny articles to get together this story. Um, but one of the stories I read was an interview with a private investigator who met her while he was working on a different case. Um, oh, cool. But he met her while he was um, at an event for investors for sugardaddy.com. And I had a recovered memory that I want to share with you right now that in college, my friend, Alanda and I, we worked together at the academic center. We, I, she was the receptionist and I was one of the tutors, the school, the school thought it was a good idea to pay me to teach people science. I had no fucking clue. So Sarah would have That's to teach me. Terrible the science. idea. Yeah. Um, in fact, so, um, the school went through horrible budget cuts and let go all their lower level sciences teachers. And so, oh, excellent. uh, yeah, so only like 
teachers with doctorates were saved. And so all these PhDs who never taught the lower level sciences were all of a sudden teaching like kinesiology majors who just mm-hmm. needed like a science 101 class, you know? Yeah. And so um, Sarah would have to teach me the entire textbook so I could then teach it to them so I could get paid because she liked the fact that I was able to eat from day to day. It was crazy that way. But, yeah, that um, is crazy. In one of our down, uh, like one of the days that I didn't have anyone on my schedule, Alanda and I discovered sugardaddy.com. Oh, so boy. we made a... <laughs> We made a profile together before catfishing was even a word. And uh, just because we wanted to see what type of people were on sugardaddy.com. Sure. There was not a single good looking millionaire within 150 miles of us. So I don't know what kind of people were on sugardaddy.com. But they are not in our area. They must all be in Manhattan or Anna Christina must have scooped them all up in Manhattan because not a single she person was did. in our profile. I'm so sorry. And we posted it sounds a like it picture was really important to you. That we stole off the internet too. So <laughs> all right. Oh thank God. you for doing okay. that journey with me. <laughs> um anyway, so um so to her neighbors She was just Anna Gore, this happily married, typical soccer mom. She was often seen dropping her kids off in jeans, wearing a flannel shirt. And every news article talked about her love of Uggs, which I hold to this day are just short for ugly. Um, I know people (laughs) love them, but they're awful. Um, and that her hair was always up in a ponytail coming out of an old baseball cap. Mm-hmm. Um, she grew up in South Queensferry, Scotland. And so to her friends there, she was um, Anna Tennant, um, also Anna Christina. She was this local girl who built herself basically from scratch. She was into hockey and what they called power skating in this one article and kickboxing. Um, And she had told everybody that she was building an empire through her quote recruitment agency. And sometimes she told people that she owned a temp agency and that she had this sexy young husband to boot. So she just kind of had it all. Um, Mm. And she posted all these pictures on this like Facebook adjacent social media that I have not heard of. And I don't remember if I um, put it in this article, but um, it basically sounded like she was the queen of the like perfectly manicured profile so that you could just show off how successful you were. There was not an ounce sure. of like reality in that profile, which I get it girl. So. Great. Yeah. Um, same. So um, she was also known for her volunteer work. She helped rescue potbelly pigs. Um, and she had a 12 acre property that was home to a small menagerie of animals, according to this one article. Um, 
But to a select group of Manhattan multimillionaire bankers, lawyers, and hedge fund managers, she was Anna Scotland, the Edinburgh-raised madam who could provide them with some of the most beautiful and cultured women in the world. Um, and I'd like to point out that this was 2012, so every article I came across used the word prostitutes. So if I slip up, um, I was writing these notes till two in the morning. I tried to cover it with sex workers everywhere I could, but I know that I missed some instances. So you will hear me stumble as I correct it as I go. Yeah. Um, so, um, but in February, 2012, two women were hired for a quote, girl on girl peep show at an apartment on East 78th street, a sparsely decorated apartment kept for the sole purpose of, functioning as a sort of brothel. Um, their Great. client, however, happened to be an undercover cop. And as a uh -oh. way to spare themselves, the two women turned on their boss, giving up their name as none other than so soccer mom, Madam Anna Christina, who, by the way, got to have more nicknames in the media than any other person I have ever heard. What like, a lucky duck. Right? She even got more nicknames than like Eron's. Because <laughs> um, in the end, she got Madam Triple X and Soccer Mom Madam, and some places called her the Hockey Mom Madam, and she got to be the Upper East Side Madam. Like, um, she just got them all. Like, can wow. we conglomerate some of these names? I mean, probably. All right. So, um, she was, as you mentioned, she was, um, well, at 44 years old, she was a mother of four and she was incarcerated in New York's Rikers Island jail to, and, uh, was awaiting charges for promoting prostitution and her bail was set at $2 million. She initially right. denied allegations that she was running this exclusive New York brothel. And, um, she insisted that she was planning to launch this legitimate upmarket online dating agency and mm -hmm. prosecutors claim to have made more than a hundred hours of audio and videotape recordings amassing five years of covert surveillance which allegedly show her boasting that she has made more than 10 million dollars out of um illegal sex work in the past like 15 years leading up to that wow um she said that Oh, and then one article said um, that, quote, Manhattan should be bracing itself for the most sensational sex case since Heidi Fleiss, the Hollywood madam to the stars, was jailed in 1996. And I remember learning about Heidi Fleiss because that was an interesting yeah. case, too. Um, that is a really interesting think, case. Um, there was a podcast that Heidi Fleiss was on, and I don't know if she hosted it or if she was just a guest, called um, The Oldest Profession. Um, mm -hmm. so I would give that a listen to, cause I remember that had really good reviews. So, um, so prosecutors, uh, believed that Christina had, and this was the thing. In fact, when I mentioned to Sarah that we were doing this case, this was what she brought up too. She was like, oh yeah, she had the little black book. And I was like, yep, like that was it mm -hmm. that, um, prosecutors believe that she had this little black book of names, which could incriminate some of the city's highest profile businessmen. Um, 
So girls claim to women claim to have worked for Christina and um, her alleged accomplice, Janie Mae Baker. And they said um, they were said to be on the run. And so they started spilling the beans. They were like, um, sorry, I don't know what sentence I did right there. I told y'all this was, so the other notes that we're recording today are much more coherent. So I'm going to reread this and try to translate. <laughs> women who claim to have worked for Christina and Janie Mae Baker said to be on the run, started spilling the beans. I see now what I was saying. Got it. <laughs> we worked okay. that together. I'm glad we went on that trip together. Yay! Um, they claimed that Christina offered quote, the gold standard of escort services and supplied quote, penthouse and playboy models to hedge fund man- managers, chief executives and real estate moguls two of whom were billionaires and the rest multimillionaires. And really like those poor women having to slum it up with just multimillionaires when we know there are more billionaires available than just two. Totally. Get it together, billionaires. Um, Now all the women who came forward said that they never met their alleged madam, um, but that they were very closely vetted. Um, Christina was said to be very strict about who she employed quote, no strippers because she considered them too jaded. And the girls were told no drink or drugs. Um, Mm -hmm. and then like, there was, there was like a couple of articles that tried to allege that she hired underage women, but most of the articles said she was very, strict about age requirements and like having documents to prove their age too. So I, okay. like, nothing ever came of her having like, there were no underage charges ever brought against her. So okay. I don't think that there was anyone underage ever involved. Okay. Um, well, that's good. It is claimed that clients were offered um, three different pricing services. There was, like the lower pricing service was the quote dream model girls. And then there was the mid tier quote calendar girls, fashion models and budding actors. And then the highest tier, which ran about $2,000 per hour quote, ultimate elite models. So was it maybe calendar girl, comma cop, comma killer question mark? Yeah. Yeah. That was the middle one. Yeah. Okay. And so that would run awesome. you about a thousand dollars per hour. Okay. B- between a thousand and fifteen hundred an hour. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. And then it, it was about eight hundred and fifty for the uh, dream model girls. And so um, you know, like really, they had they had women to accommodate every budget. Like I I really appreciate that they were kind of an all inclusive service here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, i have a thousand (laughs) dollars so christina told friends back in scotland that she loved america and she hated traveling and that that's why um she stayed in manhattan all the time and could never come back home um and um But but her friends in America found it odd that though she had this sprawling land of like 12 acres, 
she um, also held on to this apartment in the Upper East Side for 15 years, even though she only stayed in it a handful of times a year. Um, so this was a flat at, or an apartment. You can tell that this article came from the UK. Um, yeah. An apartment at 304 East 78th Street. Um, and neighbors say that luxury cars were parked in the street in the evenings and at night, a string of beautiful, quote, European looking young women were seen entering and leaving the block. And I just want to know what that means. I mean, first of all, Mind your business. Right. Like, okay, yeah, she has 12 acres. Maybe she likes to go stay in the city every once in a while. Why is that right. weird? Well, I mean, I mean, I get why that's weird in this particular instance, but <laughs> mind your fucking business, Nancy. And this was before Airbnb. Like, I bet you things like this are not nearly as noticeable now that there's like Airbnb and Verbo oh, and totally. things like that. Yeah. Um, so inside the apartment was cramped and dingy candles were dotted around the like on tables around the like perimeter um Mm -hmm. when the fbi raided it christina aguilera's cd stripped was in the cd player like like it's like a time capsule this paragraph Uh (laughs) two strapless gowns one red one silver were hanging in the closet um and they could find no receipts and no really no paper trail that that led to this other than the hours of recordings um because christina insisted to uh do business in cash um her cut was believed to be 40 percent, and it was left in the apartment's microwave for her to collect okay so i mean why not in a cookie jar come on anna that's just an amateur move. The microwave, the that's times. the first place I want to look. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in one police recording that was obtained by the New York Daily News, Christina is allegedly heard uh, boasting of earning up to $1 million a year from sex work. Quote, I always deal in cash, she said in the recording. Quote, anything I own is in different names. My signature is not on anything. The day you get arrested, they... I know, Winston, that's egregious. (laughs) (laughs) The day you get arrested, they take your money, your land, everything. All my accounts are located outside the country under another name. Every time the doorbell rings, I think they're finally here for me. I don't know, maybe we're all just paranoid. Um, and then I imagine that she said this draped in some sequin fabric with a long cigarette holder, like Cruella de Bill style. Um, I don't know <laughs> why I feel that, but it feels accurate. I, yeah, um, I can go also, on board is, with that. Is there a name for that? What's that thing called? I don't know. There needs to be a name. Somebody, somebody named the long cigarette holder that Cruella de Bill holds. I'm sure there's a name, but we're going to rename it. Um, so friends say that she was able to evade authorities for so long for one simple reason, Aaron, why would you suspect that she was able to evade police for so long? Cause she was rich as shit. Uh, which would mean what? Well, I'm sure she had some cops on the payroll. That's exactly right. 
Um, Listen. So during a previous crackdown on um, sex workers, which wound up um, implicating Elliot Spitzer, who was the former New York governor, Christina was I remember that. That was a good thing. Yep. So Christina was tipped, was said to be tipped off by one of the officers who she was paying and fled to Montreal until the dust settled. Um, Mm -hmm. That investigate. And so a new investigation uh, had to be run by district attorney's official corruption unit, which probed uniform officers, um, including the NYPD for misconduct. And out of that investigation, at least one police officer had been told to report to his superiors, with his logbook. Um, mm-hmm. And then also David Walker, a Morgan Stanley banker who was with Christina shortly before she was arrested, um, claims he was discussing a proposal for an online dating agency with her. Um, mm-hmm. But he was suspended while the investigation was carried out. So um, I never could find what happened after that but it seemed like a lot of suspicion fell that he was more involved than just um being business partners yeah um and then aaron i don't know if you remember this but when all this broke and she was arrested do you remember her husband at the time going crazy and writing a big article defending her i think it was in the new york post no oh yeah so um he said so in an interview he said quote there has never been any violence any drugs or any underage girls never and then speaking to the new york post um yeah so that was new york post he said the police had shown her a list of 10 alleged clients names half of whom she knew as friends she would she said quote bite her tongue off before she would talk Far from being a multimillionaire, she pleaded poverty. Quote, I've been struggling to keep my daughter in college to pay the tuition. Our utilities are always on the verge of being shut off. I can show you the bills, she said. Um, And so even though there's recordings of her bragging about making upwards of $15 million or whatever that number was I told you earlier, Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, no, we're broke as a joke because college costs. 14.9 14.9 million dollars so we are I actually mean, college just costs a lot of money so. <laughs> um no lies detected right um so let's see dude that stuff i wrote and then realized it's not important so when she was young, she was adopted. Her father died when she was young. I thought this was, oh, I thought, yeah, okay. I was like, I thought this was interesting, but now I can't remember why. So um, her dad died when she was 15. And so um, after that, she became kind of obstinate and she um left home at 16 um and then at like 18 years old she just fled for the u.s without telling any of her family she was leaving the country and so her family back in scotland doesn't really like never really talk to her again um Mm -hmm. 
but her family in America were like supportive of her. I mean, they were all surprised whenever it came out that all of a sudden their millionaire sister or sister-in-law was a madam. They were surprised to say in air quotes. I don't know how surprised they were, but, um, so they, the newspapers described her as this Jekyll and Hyde kind of person because she was so beloved by the family here and was written off completely by the people in Scotland. Uh, friends reunited. There's the social media I was looking for. I knew it was somewhere in here. Um, I've never even heard of that. Me neither. So, um... So after Christina was arrested, here's what I want to pick back up. They began looking for her accomplice, Janie Mae Baker, who was described as, quote, a woman who worked as a recruiter for a high-end Union Square matchmaking service that pairs moneyed men with degreed, with pedigreed women. Um, okay. So Baker, Baker was believed to be an associate of Anna Christina's. She was... Um, she was indicted with Christina, but like when Christina was arrested, Baker took the fuck off and was not found for weeks afterward. So, um, right. So sources said that Baker knew Christina from high end networking dinners that accused, um, that the accused madam hosted at Manhattan restaurants that the accused madam clearly I copy and pasted that cause she admitted to it. Uh, um, so guests at the events would collect, oh, sorry. Guests at the event said that Christina would collect fees. Um, and these guests included a Scottish billionaire, a Morgan Stanley banking uh, bigwig, and the owner of a Fifth Avenue building, among others. Um, and so... Christina said that at this, or like they said that these events were under the guise of trying to create an online dating service that these people attended, not her events for her, um, for her services as a madam. Of course we were not involved in those. Oh Lord. No, I would never. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, so Baker said, Baker basically said that she was only involved in that end of things anyway. Um, sure. So, um, well- to say like oh yeah i totally was doing the illegal shit (laughs) right um let's see so baker worked for this group called vip life which um like i said worked with um these wealthy men to try to match them with pedigreed women so i guess women of good breeding good chewing stock i don't know uh, sure. <laughs> but um the service worked with a selected roster of only 30 male clients at a time um who pay to be matched with these beautiful, engaging, and elegant women. Um and Baker worked for the agency as a contractor referring men to VIP life for which she received a finder's fee. She referred about two or three men to the service at the time. So it's not like she was super involved in the company. Right. Um, 
so I um I loved this article was trying to paint her picture so hard. Um you can tell the author was a man, so I had to copy and paste this because oh, good. it said Baker, a brunette beauty with sultry brown eyes, attended Broward Community College in Florida, according to her LinkedIn profile. She has an IMDB page that lists her as a cast member in WWE 250,000 Raw Diva Search, a 2005 video about professional wrestling. But I love that a brunette beauty with sultry brown eyes. It's like this woman is wanted for evading arrest. And the thing that you want to write is about her sultry brown eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Right. Um, So, um, I mean, Baker's Facebook, even at the time boasted that she co-hosted a fundraiser for a Texas based animal shelter called the Shelby shelter with Christina. Um, And so, then <laughs> I also giggled at this because um, oh boy. one of their uh, their fellow co-hosts of this event, who was a nightclub owner, said Baker was an old friend who he briefly dated years ago. And then this is straight like copied from this uh, article from DNA Info. Baker mm-hmm. tried to recruit the nightclub owner for VIP life, but he declined, he said. The club said he'd met and dated many of Baker's friends over the year. The The club owner said he'd met and dated many of Baker's friends over the years, but none ever asked for money or implied that they wanted payment. Quote, I know a lot of pimps, madams, and escorts and would know if she was one, the club owner told DNA Info. And if she was one, I would be very surprised that she hadn't contacted me about it over all the years I've known her. So I'm glad he got his two minutes of fame because that contributed nothing to this article. But like, <laughs> this guy was like, "Listen, I, I got some important information so many for you." Pimps. <laughs> I know so many pimps and madams. I just so like all of them. I just know all of them. <laughs> I was just reading like, and that's how the article closed. And I was like. That's all you've got for me? <laughs> like, where's the rest? So, um, no. So, three weeks after Christina was arrested, Baker finally showed up. So, while Anna had been partying it up in jail at Riker Island, um, <laughs> Janie Ray Baker had taken just a short little vacation to Cabo San Lucas. You know, she just needed some oh, sure. beachy waves before she turned herself in. You know how it goes. I know. I totally get it. Gotta so, get that, that fresh um, can for jail. Right, exactly. So um, she went, uh, made her first court appearance with her attorney, you know, three weeks after the fact. And her attorney's quote for the for the media was like oh no she wasn't on the run she was just on vacation like well she was wanted and in another country so let's talk about this for a second did she leave the country after she was wanted because that's what the run is (laughs) right um so when she's like already been out of town like on vacation like the whole time she's just posting like vacay pics. She goes home and she's like, what do you mean? I just went to Cabo. God. 
can't do anything. Right. <laughs> so when Christina finally had the chance to give Baker a piece of her mind, she screamed at her in the middle of the courthouse. And this is what I want on the Real Housewives of Manhattan. Is oh, this on recording? She screamed at her, You broke my heart, Janie. Um, like, and then, oh, so this was for Janie's sentencing, which was basically like a wrist slap, and it happened before, um, Christina's hearing. So, um, it took a long time for Christina to get her, for Anna Christina to get her sentencing hearing even scheduled. Um, yeah. They were really trying to play hardball with her and they weren't willing to offer her any kind of plea deal for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, but um, Janie Mae Baker just walked in, you know, three weeks after the fact and she was like, oh my God, I totally didn't even know anything was going on. Like, there's a, so weird that's crazy so i was at the beach and um listen these stilettos are killing my feet can i just can i just take them off real fast like i mean she was like it was ridiculous and then they were Mm -hmm. like um listen we're gonna fine you like 25 dollars and can you just like walk a circle around in front of all of the men in this courtroom um and then you're free to go like, um, so, um, Janie Baker had started working. It came out through all this for Christina as one of her thousand dollar an hour escorts. So she was that mid tier. She was the okay. counter girl cop killer tier. Okay. Um, so then she was visibly rattled because she'd had, I guess she'd had so much respect for her. Um, and then the quote in this, I don't remember where this one came from. Maybe DNA info also. I i didn't, Baker stammered as she clicked in her black stiletto boots past her furious ex-partner. And so they paint a picture through all of these about what this woman was wearing. Um, yeah. Like she showed up for court once and it was like with her strawberry blonde beach waves is how she appeared oh, at her first court hearing and then when she came back for her next one it was like though just a few weeks ago she was a strawberry blonde um you know fresh from the beach now she's a subdued brunette like oh god (laughs) like it's fashion week that we were checking in on everybody um i mean okay so behind closed doors what had happened i know you're shocked is that um Baker had cooperated with police and basically turned everything over and spilled her no. guts Christina. I know you're shocked. Um, That's wild. So she um, basically went from um, co-conspirator with Christina to informant very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. She spilled the beans to Manhattan prosecutors about her ex-boss's high-profile Johns and about her own, quote, jet-setting journey from hooker to booker to informer. And I'm like, some journalist was so happy that they got to write those words in that order. They were so proud of themselves. Look at my face. <laughs> I know. I hate that. So, Ugh. um, 
In or around August of 2009, it was revealed Baker had traveled to Ibiza with a customer of Christina's named Marcelo. Um, Excuse me, it's Ibiza. (laughs) (laughs) Ask any girl who did a semester abroad. (laughs) Right. So, um, she and, oh, well then, if we're lisping everything, she and Marcelo um, spent (laughs) approximately (laughs) one week in Ibiza, um, during which time um, Baker... Mm. During which time Baker was paid to have sex with Marcelo, prosecutors wrote in documents that are still sealed but were obtained by the post. I don't understand how that works. Um, Noting that when the happy client forked over the $20,000 fee, Baker, quote, and this sentence made me cringe, quote, as a prized hooker in Christina's stable, Uh huh. Kept 60% while Christina's other girls split their fees 50 50. Um, Okay. So, so Baker flipped against Christina, even though Christina had served four months in jail after refusing to rat on Baker. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, that is the source of Christina's meltdown, is they really did put kind of put. Anna through the ringer trying to get her to turn yeah. over information on her clients on uh Janie Ray Baker on any and she just wouldn't wouldn't do it yeah so anyway so then like I said Baker just walked in and was like oh I'll tell you everything um so what so Baker signed a secret plea agreement with the DA in August of 2012 in which she promised full and complete cooperation so, um, in return, Manhattan prosecutors gave Baker and promised Baker a misdemeanor. Um, okay. And, um, Christina said, quote, my family was vilified in a public witch hunt while Miss Baker played private footsie with Cy Vance, who was the Manhattan DA. <laughs> private footsie, you say. <laughs> That's like quite an accusation considering what they're all there for. (laughs) Right. Quote, forgive me if I say the public has good reason to feel screwed by Mr. Vance. (laughs) Somebody woke up and chose violence and you know what? I'm here for it. (laughs) And then she said, quote, once he called me the pimp, will he ever tell us what tricks he required Miss Baker to perform in the name of justice? So listen, I she love her. Salty. <laughs> I love it. My goodness. So, um you have to admit she has a way with words. Oh yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. In fact, we'll talk about how good she is with words at the end of this. Oh good. Um let's see. I'm skipping that because that's boring. So Christina and her attorney maintain to this day that while, well, and I say attorney, but she went through like three legal teams through the course of this, because as you mentioned, like her first attorney turned on her and mm-hmm. was working with the um, FBI. And then her, like cool, the first, 
the first legal team that she hired basically knew that they were screwed and left. And then she fired one legal team. And so she went through several legal teams through this whole thing. Did you see that? Uh Uh-huh. My AirPod just like flew out of my ear. (laughs) (laughs) It was just fucking done. Um, So Christina and her attorneys maintain that while the prostitution, I mean the, there it is. While the sex ring um, was a focus for police, it was not the main focus of the Manhattan DA. Um, Right. They said, quote, after taking her into custody, investigators committed the criminal justice version of extortion. The filings say telling Chris, uh, the, oh, sorry. So they filed some legal documents in this, that um, this is taken from. Um, Mm -hmm. Quote, they told Christina that she um, didn't need a lawyer despite her request for ones and that she could go free if she flipped on five powerful men they believed were connected to her alleged multi-million dollar call girl ring. They maintain, and it's actually the belief of many, that Christina was just the middleman to get to powerful individuals that people wanted taken down. To her credit, Christina... Yeah. And to her credit, she never gave up any names. And in the end, she pleaded guilty to promoting prostitution. Um, She was in jail for four months before she was sentenced to time served and released. Um, Though she never turned over any names of her high profile clients, she did go on to inform us of the thing that, Aaron, I know you were wondering about and that we were all wondering about. Yes, according to Anna Christina... Charlie Sheen did in fact have to pay extra upwards of $5,000 to $10,000 to have unprotected sex with the women who worked for her. And yes, he did use lambskin condoms, which were known to prevent pregnancy, but not the prevention, um, the transmission, I mean, of STIs. This is important note, like to note, because he admitted in 2015 that he'd been living, um, with HIV for four years at that point, And that he had been hiring women from Christina f- during those four years. And so, um, Charlie Sheen sucks. Um, also, yeah. I just want to so, like, you know, we talk about how she like refused to turn over the names of clients. I mean, except for Charlie Sheen, obviously. Um, right. but I mean, let's just say like, let's just say you're a madam who deals with billionaires and like multi multi millionaires and people in the mob. I'm not giving anybody's name. Uh uh-uh. Hell no. I've never seen those people in my life. No. I'm not going to get taken out by some billionaire because I pissed him off by giving his name to the FBI. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> when these people have more money than America does, like I'll tell you who I'm more scared yeah. of. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to give over the name of somebody that could very easily disappear me. No thanks. I'm right. good. I'll just stay here in prison. I think that's a safer place for me. <laughs> so, ultimately, Charlie Sheen con- confessed in that interview in 2015 that um to paying nearly 10 million dollars to Oh, sorry. No, I skipped a paragraph. So immediately following this admission in 2015 that Anna Christina spoke out about, Sheen was met with a barrage of lawsuits from women he'd put at risk, 
Um, there was no specific number released concerning the women who worked for Christina, but nobody would be surprised if there were not more than a few. Um, Christina oh, yeah. said, mm-hmm. in fact, in her interview that um, several of her um, women wanted to, the opportunity to um, sleep with Charlie Sheen in hopes to get pregnant by him because he had this like breeding kink um and so like it was apparently a very common thing with him um but ultimately charlie sheen confessed this interview right he confessed that um after his hiv diagnosis he had he paid out nearly 10 million dollars to various people who were blackmailing him to reveal his hiv status publicly who they're also assholes like he's an asshole for knowing this yeah totally and continuing this act and not being forthcoming with his partners but they're also assholes for blackmailing him i'm actually surprised that he didn't have criminal charges filed against him for that because that can be considered assault with a deadly weapon and or attempted murder yeah and there is a case where somebody with that was knowingly um living with aids and was um still like sleeping with with women unprotected that he was prosecuted criminally for it so um, that's really interesting that charlie wasn't that's always really interested me i wonder who he paid off for that so oh yeah well and so um but also you garbage sir right so um he's essentially penniless at this point because that was 10 million dollars before the lawsuits began um and to date he is the only client that christina has ever mentioned publicly um and i think that it is probably because in his interview he mentioned first that he was hiring escorts and um sex workers and like he opened that door and so she just followed up with the information that she had um so well and truthfully that's probably why he wasn't prosecuted right because we don't care about sex workers in this country oh yeah absolutely absolutely (sighs) because uh i hate it like one of his former partners who was a um porn star spoke out about it and she was silenced and basically was told that her relationship happened before he knew of his diagnosis. So um, then her point didn't matter, but 100%, I think it's because she was in the sex work industry. Um, And so, um, so today Christina has put the life of a madam behind her. She, um, um, consulted on this film and um i saw in an interview with janet kramer gave janet kramer permission to um stray from this being a biopic and instead being inspired by because Uh janet kramer actually said she was really nervous about doing this part perfectly she said Uh she just was afraid she would not play the she said she can play characters, but she wasn't sure she could play the real person, you know? Um, and so mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. And I don't normally read the stuff about the true, like about the movie. Cause I leave that up to you. Right. But mm-hmm. um, I just happened to read that because like I said, I read 3 million articles at this point, but also <laughs> in a recent interview, Christina said that she is a published children's author 
Though she uses a pen name that she refuses to reveal, which is probably wise because the world is an unforgiving place. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I I ended my notes with, it's 2.15am. I have no idea if these notes even make sense anymore. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) And I was reading through, I was like, there are whole sections that just didn't make sense. So I just scrolled right past them. (laughs) You know what? Got to do what you got to do. Yep. No complaints here. Wow. That was fun. That was fun. That was, um, that was interesting. And like you mentioned before we started recording, I was surprised that for this to have been such a high profile thing when it was happening for there not to have been like a, like there wasn't a vanity fair. Or something like that. Right. Like you would expect Vanity Fair to have gotten the like, or the, the New Yorker, like the or that has mm-hmm. really good. I sat down with Christina and wrote the story kind of situation. Yeah, it's re- it's really interesting. So yeah, um, but I think the story is really interesting. I you know. Oh yeah. There's a similar and, uh, one that took place in Texas, and there's a Lifetime movie about that too. Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. Oh, yeah? The Client List? Mm-hmm. Client List, yeah. I didn't realize that was based on a true story. Yep. Interesting. Um, I, was that a series or was that just a movie? Or both? There was a movie and then I believe they turned it into a series. Gotcha. Okay. I think. Because um, I thought Very you were, when you are like, there's a famous one in Texas, I thought you were going to talk about the best little whorehouse in Texas. Texas no. has a whorehouse in it. Yep. We do. Um, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite musicals. Yeah, that is a good musical. Also based on a true story. Ta-da! Yep. Texas is real good at their whorehouses. Yeah. We're real good at a lot of things. And we're real good about being like kind mighty about how pious we are when really we're all trash. Right. Right. Um, well, yeah, we just have to sweep it under the rug. Yeah, totally. Like, that just, the problem is Texas's rug at this point is just heaped. And now at this point, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, on top of all of our garbage. Well, like I said yesterday, um, Greg Abbott signed into law that you can just, like, carry a gun all the time without a license or anything. So, okay, so I'm going to try to question because I've not been following that. Is mm-hmm. it open carry or can you conceal carry without a license? It's constitutional carry. Um, we already have open carry here. So what is constitutional I don't carry? know. What's, okay, I'm going to have to do some research. Hold on. Uh, balls. Because I thought y'all, like I thought Texas already had open carry and concealed carry I didn't think was being touched. So I just didn't know what the difference was. Um, constitutional carry allow Texas... 
Texans to carry handgun in public without a license. So under current law, you have to go through training, submit fingerprints, show handgun proficiency, and pay $40 to obtain a license to carry a handgun. Now you don't have to do that. You can just buy one. Okay. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Well, I'm going to try to figure out how I can turn a handgun into like an electricity making device since nobody gives a fuck about the power grid here. Right. You know, but, um, but God forbid a person with no transportation would want to go vote for the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. they need an ID for that. Mm-hmm. But no, you don't need one for to have a gun. And I mean, Fuck. now, like, because of that, which means I, the, I think the thing that people aren't talking about more is that people with, like, domestic violence convictions, etc., can just go buy a gun. Yep. Lovely. Hooray. Everything sucks and I hate it. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Yesterday I was driving and I saw a I saw a bumper sticker that said Don't California my Texas and I almost just like ran into them just just out of spite. No, no. No, no. I think I'm I think I'm with that. Don't California my Texas where everything's on fire and I don't want I don't want Caitlyn Jenner to be the governor. I don't think well, she'll win in California either, she's but not win. <laughs> I just that's what I've yeah. got. Um, she's not also win, but uh... also don't Minnesota my Louisiana unless it's to get our vaccine numbers up and to cool off our weather cuz I'm real jealous of Anna this morning saying I didn't even notice our power was out and I was like, "Girl." <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long summer. Did you see Did you see the text that I sent you this morning that Louisiana's vaccine numbers are so low that they have started a million dollar lottery to try to get us to get some shots? Yep. I did. <laughs> Great. It worked in Ohio, I'm pretty sure. I'm entering because I got mine a long ass time ago, but that's just so sad. And that's the thing. They started like doing all this like incentives for people to get shots. I got mine when I first could. Right. And like, where's right. my incentive for being a good citizen from the very from the jump? I also have to say, Louisiana did another thing. So we have an app called the LA Wallet. It's the first mm -hmm. nationally recognized app that holds your like driver's license. So like mm -hmm. If I get pulled over and show this app, it has been like federally checked to be the same as my license because it had to be verified through the mm -hmm. state database. It also holds my COVID vaccination information. So it can't be like cheated. It's in the state database. And mm -hmm. so I can go anywhere maskless. And if somebody wants to see my vaccine information, I have it in the state database and so Louisiana's doing really good about that. Like, hey, don't be an asshole because we can actually verify. Yeah, um, our governor is going to criminalize businesses that require you to show your vaccine card. So we're not doing as well. Your governor can, um, 
jump up my ass and fight for air, which is not something I've said since high school, but I think it applies today. Uh, Ugh, he's the worst. Okay. Well, hey, what are what you reading right people- now? Oh, um, I finished The Maidens by Alex Michelides. Very, very, Did very it? good. Okay, yeah. I was about to ask if it held up to your expectations. It did. Um, and now I'm trying to finish um, uh, Imposter Syndrome, which is the one about the Silicon Valley. Um, oh, yeah. Social media. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did you ever read, read Bad right Blood? I don't know. I don't think so. I think you would like Bad Blood. It's uh, about a woman. It's a true story. It's about a woman who had a startup in Silicon Valley who said that. Oh, she had oh, it's about like, Elizabeth. What's her the, name? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It's yeah. very well written. I didn't read it, but I did listen to the podcast about her. And yeah, Elizabeth gotcha. Holmes, that's her name. Yeah. Yeah. She's a man. Yep. What about you? What are you uh, reading? I am just a few pages away from finishing up Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh, that's um, a good book. And then, uh, you know, last week, earlier this week, because this is all in the same week, I finished the um, Behind Blue Curtains. So good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, um, when I finished Daisy Jones and the Six, oh, and I also finished um, Strange Love, which was sent to me by Fred Waitskin, who, um, wrote searching for um oh god it was that famous movie about the chess player when we were little um searching for bobby fisher so he wrote the memoir that inspired that movie um his agent sends me his new books every time they come out and they're great um and so i read that this weekend and it was great um and so i'm catching up i'm almost caught up on my reading challenge because i'd gotten behind yeah, um, I have two. And then oh, I also finished break. The Girl and the Goddess, which was a great book. It's kind of half poetry, half like um, lore, and it was good. So, oh, I love that. And then I think mm-hmm. I'm going to start um, one of my books of the month because I haven't gotten into any of my books of the month, and now I have four waiting for me. Ooh, I'm gonna catch yep. up. Yep. I'm a slow reader. I, it always hits me how I'm slow whenever things stop, pile up like that. But All right. Well, I, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I like, um, I read like a ton, but sometimes I get in these slumps where like I read nothing for like two weeks and then I'm like, oh shit, I'm way behind. Yeah, so. I feel that. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. And if you would Mm -hmm. like more of us, um, you can hang out with us on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod, Mm -hmm. on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, Mm -hmm. at Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence, on TikTok at Lifetime Sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find us over at Patreon at Patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Shoot us an email at podcast at lifetime sentence.com um, <laughs> and find our website and merch at lifetime sentence.com yeah cool well, i'm gonna uh, go eat lunch and then you and i are gonna do another one of these yeah we are all right well <laughs> everybody don't forget to eat your vegetables charge your phone 
Bye. Bye.